1: and welcome to the mom hour. I am Megan Francis here in person with Sarah Powers. Wood. Oh my gosh. I could see you right now. I know we're looking at each other.
0: It's actually really weird for us guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is not normal. Okay. So I am visiting Sarah. Um, We are making up for a trip that was planned for last April Mm -hmm. and finally rebooked it. And here I am in your home in the guest suite you have set up for me in the rumpus room Mm -hmm. in Santa Barbara. And we're having kind of like a business, you know, business with some wine kind of weekend, yeah. which is the best kind of weekend, like it is. some relaxation, lots of business talking about content and all of our plans.
0: It's like it flows in and out of work and play, but it's very different than how we work together when we're 2000 miles apart. Like yes. we talk about different things. We run our business really well from afar, but we don't grow our business from afar yeah. is what I would say. Like yeah. all of our big ideas come from get togethers like this.
1: Absolutely. So we are excited to be here, and I think that this um, topic is so great because of the ways that we influence each other. So, you know, hashtag influenced is the name of this um, episode, and I know a lot of people hate the word influencer. We totally aren't huge fans of it. Um, I do want to point out that, like, people think that the idea of influencers or influencer marketing is really new. And it's really not. In fact, I did some research on this, Sarah. Oh, And the concept was coined like sometime in the 90s Mm -hmm. and of influencer marketing. But the idea that some people are influencers or influential goes back like centuries. It's not, you know, you could see like King Louis wore his boots with a certain number of buttons (laughs) and then everybody else wanted to. Right. So like like
0: the king of Spain who had a lisp and then everyone had to, um, you know, now we have that dialect of Spanish is that a myth? I don't that, know. But that might be a it myth. It sounds
1: really convincing the way you're saying it. So, but
0: have you heard that? Like so you're this... influencing me to believe it. Yeah. All right. There you go. <laughs> you all know what we mean. Yeah. And I have to say, like my,
1: I mean, of course, as a teenager, I was influenced in many ways. But I have to say, like one of the things that stands out to me the most was when I got the Rachel haircut from Friends mm-hmm. in 1995. So this was before there was really good product or tools that were kind of widely available. I think I had a, a blow dryer, some mousse. Gel and a curling iron. That's like all I had. And it was really hard to get that look, especially with the kind of hair I have. Mm-hmm. It was a total disaster, mistake, but there was no reason for me to get that haircut or for the other millions of women who right. went in requesting that haircut had it not been for Rachel right. Jennifer Aniston having it on the show Friends. Um, so that's like one of those concrete things that stands out in my head. Like she wasn't a social media influencer, but because she was on that show and she had an interesting haircut, it influenced a whole generation of
0: people. Yeah. And we've talked about celebrity culture in the past and how we may or may not have followed it as teenagers. And I think influencer culture now just has a lot more blurry lines. It's not just movie stars and pop stars anymore. It's also like TikTokers. And normal um, giant air quotes, normal moms but who are using their influence. So anyway, this is like a way bigger topic than just one more than mom, but it is going to be really fun. I'm excited about the outline you have
1: prepared. Well, it is a good one. I will say you've influenced me in your out in your outline preparation um, (laughs) skills. And so I allowed your influence to influence the way that this one's planned. Um, And I also think that, you know, like you're saying, sometimes it's just regular people who are influencing each other in a variety of ways. It can happen in person. It can be products. It can be behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I can be very susceptible to influence in certain areas of my life and um, not so much in others. And I think that's really interesting. Another thing I didn't map out that we could dive into a little bit um, later is that you and I tend to get fed a lot of the same kind of ads, but different brands, which makes me wonder what Mm. algorithm am I falling into and what are like, are you like the up to 40 and I'm like the 40 plus group? Or is it because of where you live? Yeah. Versus what I live? Or is it because of what I typed once?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I that mean, one time when you Googled something?
1: Right. Exactly. And like, so you might get fed an underwear brand. This, it's the same like target audience, but you're getting a different brand than I'm getting. Yeah. And like, I know that when there was um, telemedicine was becoming big, we both were getting like similar telemedicine mm-hmm. companies, but they were different companies mm-hmm. um, fed to us. So I just think there's so much that's going on behind the scenes that we aren't really i'm not sad i understand a little bit yeah. about how those targeted ads work but not enough to really yeah know, dive in so i think that's interesting um so before we dive in sarah i want you to think back to the products that you've used today or plan to use today take a quick look at the clothes that you're wearing or mm-hmm. plan to wear today how many of those things were you influenced to buy or use somehow a
0: okay. well, good question First of all, since you're in the same room, you made a comment yesterday about how long my hair is it's so long. It's very, very, very post pandemic long. Um, and it's also very straight because I went over it with my flat iron today. So that's the first thing I will say is uh, my sister influenced me to get the flat iron that I have. And it's by Long. La- I have no idea how to say that. It's capital L apostrophe. I would say Lange. Yeah. Like that sounds like Jessica Lange. Only there's only, an apostrophe only- in there
1: like more, um, cosmopolitan sounding,
0: Um, Um, and I bet you anything. She was influenced by like, um, a targeted social media, uh, video. She's younger than I am. And, um, I feel like often has like those connections, especially to newer brands. Um, my sister also influenced me to shop Jane, which we've talked about a bunch on this show years ago, maybe five, five or six years ago. And my leggings and my earrings are both from Jane um, and then you influenced me on my hair dye, mm. um, the, the Root Erase, the Revlon yep. Root Erase. That was a direct recommendation from you, and I have not done that yet today, but I will be doing today or tomorrow. But as I was thinking about this, I mean, I have used a bunch of products already today, skincare, body care, um, the bra that I'm wearing, the slippers that I'm wearing. Yeah. All those are from sponsors of ours, which that's funny because... Have I been influenced or am I the influencer? Or are you influencing yourself? I I bought my own sponsor products. I mean, many of these like I have paid for because I really love our sponsors so much and others I've gotten for free. So Yeah. Well, just to give people kind of like a little peek behind the curtain, um,
1: I often will be first introduced to a brand when they approach us about sponsoring. Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, we like this. It looks good. Send us some stuff. We'll see what we think. And then I become like a user, like a total user of that brand. So not, I just got out of the shower, so I'm not wearing any jewelry right now, but yesterday I was wearing all jewelry from our sponsor Ana Luisa, who I genuinely wear that stuff every day now. Um, my shirt that I'm wearing right now is from Stitch Fix, which I had been influenced to try, except I didn't jump on board till they were a sponsor, but now I still use Stitch Fix. My purse is from Stitch Fix. Um, right now I'm wearing Essie nail polish and a long time ago, a friend Influenced me to buy it. She just liked Essie. And then I've become almost completely Essie brand loyal. Um, just from that one person saying, and now I just, and the other thing is once you get in a, a buying habit, there might be other nail polishes that are great, but I like that the bottles all look the same. Mm-hmm. I like that I know the color. Mm-hmm. Like the skin, like I can go into the store and be 100% sure I don't already own a color right. and just pick one up because right. I know my Essie nail polishes really well. Um, earlier when I wrote this, actually, I was wearing smart wool socks, which I first heard about online from someone like way before social media, like back in the forum days. And that was like, probably 20 years ago. It took me probably 10 years to buy my first pair of smart wool socks because I just didn't ever run into them anywhere. But you, it was but it like, was in the back heard of them, my head, like, And this is a
0: good brand. You had a personal recommendation. Yes.
1: Um, so I bought it and then now I wear smart wools all the time. Um, I was earlier wearing an Arcteryx, Arcteryx, I think that's how you pronounce it, fleece that was influ- I was influenced to purchase from a salesperson at an outfitter job. who did their job really, really well. And I love it. Like, I love it so much that now going forward, I look for that brand. It's like an outdoor yeah. um, brand that you'd find like at an outfitter. So I, anyway, I think it's just interesting that it's a mix of like friends, kind of friends, total people who are strangers, but it's their job to influence. Mm-hmm. Um, us influencing mm-hmm. ourselves, I guess it it really can happen all number of ways. Or
0: maybe with the us influencing ourselves, I was trying to go a, a um like a level above that, and really look at like the the marketers who are deciding to you know use podcasts right. as as a vehicle for introducing their brand to the world and we are being influenced by the type of products that make our business run. If you think about it, like we're not, you know, there's a bunch of product categories that don't advertise on podcasts or on our show. So we're almost like being influenced by the industry that we're in. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And, and I think,
1: you know, we'll dive into a little bit that there could be a dark side of all this too, Mm -hmm. both with, um, both with things, not always being that transparent, but also the people who wind up in the position of becoming influential, I think there can be like a dark side of that. And then behaviors. Mm -hmm. I'm not really that worried about like, if someone, you know, tries one of the products that we recommend and they don't love it for the most part, the risk is low, right? (laughs) They might be like, didn't love it, but it didn't ruin my life. But sometimes it gets into more like influencing the way people parent or, um, do their relationships or all kinds of like, see the world. And I think that that's a big responsibility and it's heavy. Like, and I, I
0: think it can go wrong. Yeah often. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor.
1: Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like calorie smart, protein plus, and keto.
0: Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning. And every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out.
1: Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at BionicShoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet.
0: Okay, Megan, so when when I first had like the inkling of this idea, which you put into a much more cohesive conversational outline. My first thought was we have to talk about the type of ads that we get fed, especially on Instagram. Cause I don't actually scroll Facebook anymore. Um, but like you said, what, like, what kind of social ads are we seeing? And mm-hmm. what do you even think that means? So what, what type of paid ads pop up in your social feeds?
1: So first of all, this is a really interesting question because I had to stop and think, are they the ones I, would I, would I name the ones off that I notice or that I see? Because I do think that some of them just become white noise mm-hmm. and I don't even see, them. like, I just scroll on past as if they don't exist. So the ones that came to mind were, um, fitness and yoga. I get a lot of fitness and yoga, um, For, like fitness and yoga apps or apparel apps, or, um, a lot of like individual trainers who now have like a video series on, okay. they, they have an app or they have a training series or something like that. Um, or like, a Or yeah, like a, like a studio that's online, like in the last year that's exploded. No one's feeding me like Peloton ads and things, which I think is interesting. And I think it must just be that however I'm getting classified, it's more like, um, body weight or, you know what I mean? Like, like dance or, or Mm -hmm. yoga focused and not, I'm not getting like hardcore, like, you know, um, machine, I'm not getting machines. I'm not in that target. I don't think, unless I'm just not noticing them. There's that, um, underwear and swimsuits. I get a lot of really pretty lingerie ads and they're Mm. very compelling. Um, swimsuits. I am kind of swimsuit obsessed, especially starting around April because I'm always looking forward to beach season and summer in Michigan. That's like kind of a fun diversion. So I get a lot of swimsuit ads and I'm also very susceptible to swimsuits. Um, capsule wardrobes. I didn't used to get as much of that, but lately I've been getting, and I've been getting a lot of like, um, really interesting, innovative looking ones I've never seen before. and. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to buy it. I'm just saying I'll stop and look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, shoes, jewelry, subscription, meal services, though I get that more on Facebook than on than on Insta. Um, on Facebook, I get a lot of the same stuff I just talked about, but different brands sometimes, which I think is interesting. Like, they must not be using the same agencies or something. And then a lot of business development and coaching packages, mm-hmm. like a lot of that on Facebook. Hardly any on Instagram. But I do feel like that's probably – just catching up. Yeah. Like it's like a latent market that's now going to start targeting me on Instagram because I'm saying it out loud in front of my phone, which yeah. so my phone right now is like, "Oh, so she's not getting Peloton. Mhm. Well, <laughs> we'll change that." Um so then sometimes I'll notice that for a little while I'm getting like a certain category, like they're testing me. Um like for a while I was getting a lot of those birth control things where you can get your birth control mm-hmm. like by mail. Um and or like online counseling. And it'll be like really intense for like a month. And then it just goes away and I never see it again. So I don't know if I just didn't do what they wanted me yeah, to you, do.
0: You didn't like clear the, the right the the, or, the bar. or whatever. Yeah, like Or this. maybe
1: they somehow figured out that I you know don't have a uterus or something like that might have been part of it. But um, yeah, so sometimes I find that interesting and I'll just kind of make note of it like, oh, and I told you before about my obsession with curling iron ads. Uh-huh. I had like, I used to watch those videos. I never bought one and eventually they stopped feeding them to me. Yeah. I don't get any of those anymore. Hmm. So what well, about you?
0: I mean, I get fed a lot of the same, but, but some, like I, there are some categories you mentioned that I don't think I get fed at all, or I'm not noticing. So I'll just mention a few that I notice. Um, I get a lot of hair and makeup mm-hmm. ads, a lot of nails more recently. So like the olive and June or the mm-hmm. manicure, the self manicure kits, um, I don't think I used to get those and now I get them all the time. Um, probably they heard us talking about nails one time. Um, lots of bedding sheets and mattresses, uh, some athletic wear, um, and a lot of period underwear. Like a lot, like a disproportionate amount of period I underwear. I was getting
1: thanks for a long time. I get all of the brands. Then they stopped sending me those, and I think again the uterus thing. They must yeah. have just figured out that I don't have periods. So they're just like, oh waste of our money. Take
0: her off the list. Take her off. Um, So I never used to get bathing suit ads and I would all, I would feel like everyone was talking about all these ads that they would see pop up in their Instagram and no one ever fed me bathing suit ads, but now I get them. And it was probably after talking about like, I have a very long torso and a small bust. So one pieces look really bad, blah, blah, blah. I've said that out loud a few times and I do get, um, I do get fed bathing suits now. And, and sometimes bras or you know like the which one is the, there is a small chested yes bra. i've seen
1: that one uh, i, I can't tell what it's you the called. name of it See but,
0: we haven't been but, but they make that
1: girl's small boobs look fantastic <laughs> i couldn't tell you the brand but we haven't been influenced hard enough yet right. but exactly. one of these days
0: right you're going to click through right maybe i will yep. maybe i will yeah
1: um okay so then along those lines are there certain ads you're more likely to pay attention to or
0: like even maybe swipe through and buy? yeah um, I think I scroll Instagram pretty quickly. So I think in general, I don't linger very long, but I tried to think of the ones that I do. I think anything that seems like a quick how-to video. Um, and so like you mentioned curling iron, I, I love like any hair or makeup where you're, you're seeing someone in like 10 seconds do their full face or right. do their, um, you know, do their brows or do their hair. So I do get drawn into like how I would say like how to type videos, um, so I kind of like you said with the curling iron. I tend to watch those even if I would never buy the thing. Um, there's also a style of ad. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's a series of still photos. So instead of a video, it's like a quick slideshow of still photos where one thing is added or taken away in a series. So let's say you're looking at like a flat lay of somebody's purse and you're seeing them add like lipstick, wallet, phone, and yeah, so like
1: okay, the maybe. photo stays yeah. still.
0: I'm not. I'm clearly not no, describing. No, I think I know what you mean. Enough. The photo
1: is there and then it.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's, yes. A, it's an animation, right? Like, it's an animation style where you're seeing something get added or taken away. Or maybe it's like you you know, the room gets tidied one thing at a time, but instead of a video, it's that like snappy photo slideshow. And those for some reason are very satisfying to watch. Like mm-hmm. if you keep watching, it keeps progressing. You know what it reminds me is like a flip book, yeah. you know, like an old flipbook. Yeah. Like- where like the picture would change just yes. a little bit in the corner. Yeah. And yep. it's purposely not smooth it's like Mm -hmm. in chunks and I don't know why for some reason those always make me stop and look because I'm like "Ooh, what's gonna happen next it's a style of animation I guess
1: yeah and I think it's interesting that we both are talking more about the style than what the ad is
0: actually for so
1: for me it's very not category specific um because I will watch an ad that catches my eye no matter what it's for (laughs) it doesn't mean I'll buy it and I do sometimes think about the fact that I have been People have put a lot of money, like companies have put a lot of money into creating great ads that have influenced me to be interested in a category, but I don't end up buying that. So I wonder if there's, you know, maybe that's one of like the rising tide lifts all boats things, but like I've definitely watched, um, for example, the videos, I'm very drawn to like a slow sweeping video, like something like that always catches my eye and makes me want to look and underwear ads do that a lot. Um, Uh, like some of those really nice looking kind of grown up looking capsule wardrobe things have Mm -hmm. this, they just, it's not quite slow motion. It's just like, there's a gentle breeze Mm -hmm. behind everything. And it just looks very flowy and catches my eye. A lot of the fitness ads are like that too. And so for example, one that pops up a lot on my um, both Insta and Facebook is um, Tracy Anderson. So she's like a well-known fitness guru Okay. who before Instagram, I didn't, I'd never heard of, I think she has studios all over the place, but her ads are very compelling. Now, I've actually been thinking about signing up with some kind of like online coaching, like fitness coaching Mm -hmm. thing. I probably won't use Tracy Anderson, but it's her ads that made me think of it. But she
0: created the awareness. I I think that's totally true. The kids and I always laugh. Like my kids love commercials on TV. I think because they've never consumed a lot of regular TV, only Mm -hmm. streaming. So they love commercials and they they love funny commercials. So whenever it's Super Bowl or some like sports thing. And we'll always do that thing where we're like talking for five minutes about a commercial and how funny it was, and someone will be like, "So what was it for?" And we're like, "I don't know." And the kids are like, "I don't know which car right. company that right. was." They exactly. like, and like you want a car. Did they fail then? Yeah, right. Because we can't remember if it was like Domino's or Pizza Hut that did that. But it's like exposure, right? So yeah. like, and we know this um,
1: because we hear this all the time from listeners when we'll see them talking in Facebook or whatever. It's like they know we talked. They know that they have the vague idea. Like they know we talked about a shoe, or they know we talked about a okay. product that does X, Y, and Z, but they can't remember the brand name. They can't remember the specifics. It's like, you have to be exposed to it
0: a bunch of times, a bunch of times before be in a bunch you ways. remember.
1: Yeah. And I don't know about you, Sarah, but I have this like kind of cutoff point where, um, I will notice, I will notice an ad sometimes watch the ad over and over and over. And there's a point where I'm either going to buy, or I want Facebook to take it away forever. <laughs> and it's, it's like kind of a very specific cut off for me. I couldn't tell you how many times. Do you ever
0: click the little thing that says like, don't show me this? Yeah. I have clicked it too. Not often, but I. And it's not even
1: always that I'm annoyed or like, I don't, sometimes I like the ad enough that I've already watched it. But then at some point I've made a decision that I'm either going to, or not going to do this thing. And then I don't want to see it anymore. And then I tell Facebook or Insta to stop showing it to me. And it's, it's sometimes, I mean, it's very rare. I would do that on the first pass. Usually an ad to me is like, doesn't even exist the first time I pass it. And then by like the third time, maybe I'm paying attention and then like the 12th time, if I'm still paying attention and I haven't made, you know, some kind of move in one direction or another, now maybe it's becoming like a little oversaturation, right. but it definitely a, takes
0: me. There's a window in there. 12 times yeah.
1: before, yep. at least before I um, am at that point. So I just think that's interesting. Um, okay. So any strange or surprising ads that you've been served a lot, like the period underwear for you. Mm-hmm. Or we're surprised to find we're compelling to you. Um, okay, I'll go first. So I, you know, I told you about the curling ad, the curling iron ads. I never bought any of those curling irons, but I watched. I think I felt like if I just watched the ads, I would learn how to curl my hair beautifully, or my hair would just magically look like that. They're
0: really good. They're really. I know, they draw and I, you in. I have
1: nothing against them. I just didn't ever get around to buying one. Maybe I still will. You know, it's been years. And remember, that was when I was first growing my hair out. So yeah. I was also really thinking a lot about long hair. And then, you know, time goes on and I do fine with what I have at home and I haven't thought about it. But that doesn't mean I won't one day sit down and purchase a L'Ange or whatever the other brand was. I think it was a different brand that was being fed to me. Um, There were this, there's this Lumi, I think it's Lumi or Lume deodorant that is marketed for being used on your privates. Oh, okay. Pits and privates, I believe is the- I remember you sending me this. Okay, so I watched those ads like 10 times. I have- And I'm not making any kind of comment about my personal hygiene or anybody else's. I have no desire to buy a deodorant for my privates. It's not (laughs) something that I think about. It's not something I'm concerned about. It's just not a thing, right? However, I watched the ads a whole bunch because they were funny and they were like a full-blown musical production. Like the lady is singing and dancing and there was animation. And I remember you Like, said whoa, this the production me. quality on this is amazing. I never bought it. I never will buy it, I don't think. I just don't see a time in my life that I will buy it. And then I told Facebook to put it away. I was finally like, okay, okay Facebook, and I'm we're done. done. We're done here. But I had a, it was fun. And here I am giving them free advertising. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't purchase it their ads did something.
0: It created an awareness in you of a potential need for this. And if someone else ever comes
1: to me and says, you know, I've got this deodorant that works really well in my armpits, but I really was looking for something on my nethers. I can be like, hey, I've got just (laughs) the brand for you. So you see, maybe it works in a really roundabout way.
0: Okay. Well, that's way funnier than my (laughs) answer, but this is what came up for me. And this is a little behind the scenes for making the podcast. When, when sponsors come to us or an ad agency comes to us, the very first thing that happens is there's a brand who potentially would like to partner with you on your podcast. Are you interested? And just in case, I know I've said this before, but we say no so often. We do. We say um, no a lot. So we really only, because we voice the ads in our own voice and we almost always try the product and give our personal experience, unless it's like like a diaper and we don't have kids in diapers, but we think, you right. know, there's another reason why we think this is great for you all. So we say no all the time because it's not. we don't think it's a good fit or we're already working with a couple brands that are too similar. There's a bunch of reasons why we say no. But before we say yes or no, what do we do, Megan? Talk about it out loud and, and type about and it. And type and... And
1: actually, and, visit and go website. visit the website. So
0: this is the problem. And we visit the social. Then we pages. end up
1: being barraged by ads for the thing we just said we don't even want to promote.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So this is the my most annoying thing is like I've now I get I get like real cringy, like, ah, uh, I need to look into this such and such company. But now I know I'm going to get fed ads for it for like a month. Do you think that if
1: we used an Well, first of all. I mean, I do think our phones are listening to us. And I'm not sure if that's proven science yet. But there's just
0: too many, yeah, you I agree. know, we know that that And happens. our Googles. We have a Google in this room or your Google Alexa or whatever. Yeah.
1: But I wonder if we use an incognito tab, if that would make that less likely. Not, But I'm always working fast. I don't want to yes. bother to open up an incognito tab to look up whatever this company is. Yes. I just want to know, are we interested or not? And it right. is really anno- You're right. It's super annoying.
0: And, and often, like we said, often we say, you know, thank you so much for your interest, but actually this is not a good fit for our audience or it's not something we would personally use and we don't feel good talking about it. So we say no all the time. And, and then, then those are the ads. We and get. then those are the ads that we get fed. And that is very annoying to me. And I just, I honestly, I wish I could turn it off. I wish there was a specific button that was like, no, no, I, I talked about this and and sent messages back and forth about it and looked at the website. And
1: the answer is no, (laughs) either to promote or purchase. I will not be doing either. Thank you very much. Don't
0: waste your ad money on me. I read an interesting
1: article on the plane on my way here um, that was about, it was written by a woman who had called her wedding off and then couldn't make the internet stop reminding her of her wedding. And so she ended up like talking to a lot of people at these different um, platforms and like Facebook and Google and places like that. And also like people who, create those ad campaigns. And, yeah. and they were saying there's not all those things, um, are currently programmed to do is to measure an initial, like the onset of interest. There's no turning it off. Like yeah. they don't know if you had the baby or didn't have the baby. They don't know if you, you know, got married or didn't, they don't really care. Yeah. They're not really interested in the personal right. details of your life. The way it's set up now, all it wants to know is that at one point in your life, you had enough interest to look at a website. Yeah, that's it. So it's a real limitation.
0: Yeah. And you, and actually on a serious note, that is that's really hard. It if is really you had, hard. If you yeah. went through a pregnancy loss right. or infant loss, like, yeah,
1: yeah, it's terrible. And there's really not besides going through and like individually turning stuff off. There's not really a way to make that end.
0: Yeah, currently. And they did
1: talk a lot about like user experience and maybe there are ways um, they she inter- interviewed the guys from Pinterest. I think this was in Wired magazine um, and we can link it up in the show notes. I thought it was yeah. fascinating. Uh, But it was like right now that just doesn't exist. Maybe at some point it will, but it doesn't right now. And and they know that's a problem, but it's also this huge industry where like they just want to get as many human eyeballs or earballs as they can. Right. And it's not a priority for a lot of the
0: companies, which is kind of too bad. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. So let's talk about, we talked about ads, like paid ads, but let's talk about content from influencers. And, And this could be. Sometimes it's not always easy to tell and a good influencer will always disclose and make it obvious. But sometimes they do it in a way where you could miss it or yeah. whatever, or maybe you just don't, aren't looking for it. So I think right now we can talk about paid, unpaid um, mm-hmm. product, trade, yeah. stuff like that. Like all of it kind of lumped into one place. So I guess my question for you, Sarah, is Are you, do you think your bar is higher or lower for that kind of content? Like if you know it's coming from a human rather than like a paid ad, mm-hmm. do you have a higher point of entry or a higher bar? And then Are you more or less likely to buy something if it's like wrapped up in that personal content?
0: So I think it it really depends on who the influencer is. And in this part, I will use the word influencer without judgment. Like I actually think, I mean, these are, I'll talk about people I actually really trust and respect and I have been influenced by them. So I guess I see this in two buckets. So like I follow a lot of content creators who willingly and authentically share product recommendations all the time that are unsponsored. And they're really clear about, you know, like I just found this and I think it's great. And a lot of these people don't have millions and millions of followers. They're just good content creators who like to share finds on their socials. And I, if I don't follow hundreds of those types of people, but maybe I follow a half a dozen to a dozen and I genuinely trust and like those people. And I might not buy everything they recommend, but I'll watch it because right. I, I like those people and I trust those people. And then I will say when those people go into sponsored content and do a really good job with their sponsored content, and now they are being paid by a brand or they'll say like, this brand sent me this to try. I actually think I have a higher level of trust and respect for that sponsored content for a couple of reasons. One, we create sponsored content and I know it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. and it's part of how they make their living. And so because I already have a high level of Trust in them. So if it's um, okay, um, there I could use lots of examples, but I'll use Megan Splon from Didn't I Just Feed You, who I think is just a lovely human and really great at video content. Um, and I think she kind of does a, a little mix. She's really good at like tagging brands and just sharing finds, mostly in the food and kitchen space, just authentically on her own. But she also does sponsored work and they work with brands at Didn't I Just Feed You? I think I'm more likely to trust her influencer content or her and Stacy's. Um, Because they've built trust as people who just genuinely recommend good things. Does that make sense? It's it's not just out of the blue. Suddenly they're like... One is an entry to the other. And actually, as a content creator, I've gotten stuck on this before because like I've thought, well, we talk about brands on the podcast and that's like in this bucket and we're paid to do that. But am I the kind of like Instagrammer who's just going to show you what I bought from Target? Like, do I do that? Is that weird? And then I get kind of like stuck. So I really admire people who go back and forth with disclosure, like with making it really clear. And I think I am more likely to buy stuff from and to engage with their sponsored content. So I don't even know if that totally answered your question, but that's how I feel.
1: No, I I think it totally does. And I think one thing, um, I think because we're in the industry, our BS meters are very finely tuned both yours and mine. Like we know how the sausage is made to some extent. Right. And we've also both been in different areas of it. So like we've been podcasters, we've been bloggers. We've seen how it plays out on both sides. We kind of know how, we don't do a lot of sponsored social on its own, but we we know how that works and we can wreck. So it's like when you're scrolling, you can see it a mile, you know, 10 Mm -hmm. a mile away, 10 miles away, 100 miles away, because you know what it looks like. And I feel like I can watch the first three seconds of something and know whether, you know, even before they've gotten around to disclosing, whether it's paid for or not, because I just know how that typically looks. Like the production quality is a little higher, or maybe they're getting to the point a little faster, or there's just, it's just, there's those intangible, like, clues. Right. So I think that my, my meter is tuned to be more cynical, Mm -hmm. I
0: guess.
1: But again, if someone has built the trust, then the trust is even like higher um, because I just really, really trust them. And I'm more likely to pay attention to them, their content, their sponsor content than I would to an ad um, or anything else. And the other thing that I want to say though, on the other side, you don't always have to have a long history with someone to or like to have built that trust. There are sometimes the situations where like there's what they call social proof. So like my friend likes this company, therefore, or this influencer, therefore, I trust this mm-hmm. influencer. Or sometimes you just need something. Like my need aligns perfectly with what this person has to yeah. offer. And I like them. Like yeah. I just, I don't know why, but within 10 seconds, I like their look. I like their attitude. I like what they are saying. They're They're solving a problem that I have. They have information I need. It, like, it just matches up at the exact yep. right moment. And I can be influenced to purchase something really fast Yep. if those things come together. But that's like magic. Like, right. you can't plan for that. Like, that's like hearing an ad for the exact thing you need when you maybe didn't even know you needed it from the right voice at the moment yep. you have it that you want it. And you have your credit card in your hand. Yeah. Like, those things don't. So for us, that can be frustrating in the line of work that we're in where we're doing ads And when like a company doesn't see performance after the first ad, I'm like, well, most people aren't listening. (laughs) Most people listening don't need that thing right today. And they don't have their credit card in their hand while they're listening. Like, that's not how this works. Like, it takes time. It takes time and and multiple
0: touch points. Exposure and
1: um, building the story. Like, it just takes a lot. And it's not a one and no one's going to be like, wow, that promo code's so amazing. I don't need this. I might not need this for a year. But you know what? I'm just going to buy it today. Like That's just not how this works. And I find that very short sighted sometimes.
0: You know what, really quick, you know what neither of us said just now is that neither of us said that when there's a celebrity we like, who then does influencer work for a product for me, that does nothing. Even if I like the singer or the actor, I don't care at all. No, because I haven't. And that's what I was trying to differentiate before. Like I haven't built a relationship where I think I know that person's recommendations at a personal level to where their paid stuff. I'm going to trust. I don't, it doesn't bother me. Right. Like, I might, re- I love Jennifer Garner, actually. That's a great example of a celebrity I truly love. And I think she's great on Instagram. I'm not sure I would, I don't think I'd be influenced by a paid thing she would do. I would think, oh, that's great. Like, that's probably a good brand. She's aligning with it. But that her celebrity endorsement's going to do nothing to me like it would if it was like a regular person that I have kind of yeah, built trust with.
1: Okay, well, here, just to go back to my Rachel from Friends yeah. example. I was influenced to get Rachel's haircut because I watched Friends and Rachel was a character I knew and liked. Right. When Jennifer Aniston, the actress, was the cover girl for, I don't know if it was L'Oreal. It was one of those big brands. She was like the cover. Yeah. She was their model. Did not make me want to buy their makeup because A, it didn't differentiate that makeup from any other makeup and B, I didn't care about Jennifer Aniston. I liked Rachel. Right. (laughs) Like those are two very different things. It's like, it's like the purchase of the makeup would have been outside of the influence, the, the sphere of influence that yeah. like Rachel from Friends had over my yeah. life, which is different.
0: And I think people like big Instagrammers like Chrissy Teigen or yeah. like people they, will they watch, often do create that. Yeah. And people yeah. will watch their stuff because they do like those celebrities. I'm I'm I have no idea whether the product influence then trails from there it probably does. But right. maybe just not to you and me. Right. It's not our well, right. And I, and I think
1: if I thought about it really hard, I could probably come up with a couple influence, like a couple celebrities who do influencer work, um, who I would buy something on their recommendation, but I don't even at that point, I'm not even thinking of them as celebrities anymore. No, like, they've become part it's of my almost like circle.
0: Their celebrity is what allowed that thing to get everywhere in front of you. Right. And you're buying it because it's everywhere in front of you. Probably not more than just because of who they are. Yep. Maybe
1: Okay, Sarah, so we spent the first half of the show talking a lot about being influenced to make purchases, but now I want to talk about behavior, influencing behavior. And I know it's, I'm sure, like the same science like that marketers use to find out why people buy is probably the same science that goes into the way we um, influence behavior, but there's a different outcome. So Can you think of a few times when a friend or an internet celebrity or whatever um, has influenced the way you live for better or for worse?
0: Yeah. um, Well, first, I'm thinking back to when I was a teenager. I was really influenced by music choice because I didn't grow up in a house with a lot of music culture. Like my parents weren't into popular music. And I always felt like their music, the music they did listen to was like just such a short, limited list. And I felt like I had friends who grew up in really musically rich and diverse households. And then of course there was what was popular, you know, at the time. So I would say like the first example I can think of is having a positive musical influence. And to this day, I will say to you, can you just make me a playlist? Like just influence me. Cause I don't particularly like, or like, I don't have a natural motivation to go find new music. I sometimes don't trust, like, what do I want to listen to? Or I forget what music is out there. Like I just need help. And so that's like a positive way. I think that I was heavily influenced, especially in high school to the point that like, I listened to what my friends listened to. And I think in a good way, I think it, it gave me some really good music to appreciate that I needed. I needed Mm -hmm. to be influenced. Um, a couple like more recent examples, behavior wise. Um, my friend Kelsey Wharton, who co-hosts the girl next door podcast, who's become like a, a real life friend, like internet, Friend turned real life friend, like she and I talk about personality stuff and productivity stuff a lot, even off our respective podcasts. And, um, I, she's younger than I am and her kids are younger than I am. And so she's technically more in the weeds for things like goal setting and productivity and planning. And I, yeah, I really admire how she approaches that in her life. And I feel like I've been influenced almost to own that side of myself. I think I spent a lot of time feeling like I was too uptight. I was too schedule oriented. Like I should be more go with the flow. And I think I've been positively influenced to actually like reclaim or, or lean in on some of those like Sarah tendencies. Mm -hmm. So I credit Kelsey with that and conversations with her and, and other like-minded people where it's like, no, like you go nerd out with your calendar and get your color coded highlighters. And so I think I've come back around to that. Um, and then I will say like in the last couple of years, I, my, my personal politics and my personal beliefs about things have not really changed or been influenced, but I've definitely been influenced by people both in real life and on the internet as to like how I think about activism and speaking out about certain things. And I, I see that as a positive mm-hmm. influence. So yeah. those are three, those are all positive. I, I guess I didn't give any like negative influence.
1: Well, and I think that all of those have the ability to become negative, but they, it sounds like for you, those ones have all been positive. Like it is, it is possible, I think, to be influenced about politics, just to throw that out there, to the extent that you start to doubt your own inner, um, what's the word, compass, Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, where you start to doubt what you know to be true because there's like louder voices than you saying something different. Like, I think those are all places where, um, even music, I think it's very possible to overthink music, to not just listen to something because you like it. Right. But kind of like the way it can be to get up, like, about art, like mm-hmm. what you buy to put on your wall. Yeah, that's to a great feel like one. it says something about you, or, like, you have to listen to a certain kind of genre. Or you're or not genre, qualified enough. Or you're not qualified. And I think that's something interesting about me, because you've said often how, like, um, much, how much more into music I am. And I'm actually not really like i like i like what i like and i just think i've been exposed to things yeah you're very knowledgeable about music though but i am knowledgeable but i don't i haven't gone out of my way to like um uh, to like accumulate a vast knowledge of like different kinds of music because i want to be that person and no there are. no People i just like feel that. like you're naturally i just like, like what i like yeah. and then that's what i listen to and so i think that it's possible to overthink like literally anything where people are influencing you and to start to thinking like, I have to do it this way. Yeah. Or it doesn't well, count. Parenting, so, I mean, well, for sure. Parenting for sure. I mean, we're, we've both been, I'm sure influenced by other parents, a lot of ways. And sometimes that can get, that can kind of push it into like a place where you don't feel good about it anymore or you don't
0: feel good about yourself anymore. Yeah. You've talked about your, your past with militant attachment. Moms. Oh yes. <laughs> and I have a
1: story about that that I'll get into in a okay. few minutes. Um, but it, there was a lot of influencing happening back yep. there and often not for, for good. Um, So for myself, I guess I would say I am very impressionable when it comes to things like I know we talk about people being routine oriented or habit oriented, and I actually think everybody is routine and habit oriented. Some people's routines and habits just look like a mess. Yeah. And some people's look more disciplined. And so because I'm a more laid back, kind of go with the flow person, I think that in close friendships, in business partnerships and in romantic relationships, I am, I do best when I'm paired with people who are more on the disciplined and like rigid, more rigid side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I absorb that and it allow it helps keep me kind of like in line. It helps pull me toward order. And then I help them loosen up a little bit. Yeah. And if I only hung out with other people like me, everybody would all, all of our routines would just be like, It'd be real fun, though. It would be so fun, but we'd all be like dead by 47. Have there been
0: times like that? Have you had besties or boyfriends or business partners? I would say my first husband, my marriage, my first first and only husband. (laughs) I think we were both
1: equally not disciplined when it came to um, routines. And and I just I do think that that can become a challenge. I think actually, I don't want to get too much into my marriage, but like I actually think he would have been I think he is someone who needs a lot of structure. Mm -hmm. And I think I pulled too far in the other direction, Mm -hmm. honestly. That's just my, you know, that's not like, I'm not giving you the nutshell of the reason why it didn't work out. But I think that was one of our challenges from day one, um, that I had a very strong personality when it came to whatever, right. Let's just do whatever. And sometimes that just doesn't work. Right. And so there's the
0: counterbalance wasn't there. The counterbalance
1: wasn't there for either of us. It wasn't, there wasn't enough pull in either direction. Yeah. Um, but now i have found myself now that i'm in my 40s i look around and i say like okay my current romantic relationship uh our business partnership the people i've stayed best friends with have those have lasted like the most successful and lasting relationships have been the ones where it's like where there's just that balance between yep. order and me creating a little fun disorder yep. and that it works um yeah so i think that like in Overall, there's mm-hmm. that, but let's talk about the ways we've influenced each other, because I know that's like a microcosm, yeah, right. So you've definitely influenced me when it comes to things like processes and strategies, which are things I've always known I need. I need a process, I need a system, right? But like just embracing that as something that can be helpful and not um oppressive. Mm-hmm. I think I needed someone to do it for me and then like gently shove me into it so that I could see the benefits of how that works like. Yeah. Go, oh, this does allow me to be more creative. Mm -hmm. Oh, this really does give me room to stretch my wings and do things within this. And I I think I probably had heard that advice and knew it to be true, but couldn't create it for myself. Mm -hmm. So that has been really helpful. Um, something smaller, app use. Like I, you know that I don't like to try new apps. Like I'm very resistant. But the ones that you've successfully gotten me to try, a lot of them have become like I didn't even use podcast. You and I had started a podcast together. And I didn't use podcast apps to listen to podcasts. I went to websites and listened to podcasts on websites until you basically were like, see that purple thing yeah. on your phone screen that says podcast. You're just going to go there and just listen right to there. podcasts. It's just right and there. And that's not even the best one. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, then you tried to get me into a better one. And I was, that was too much for me. But like, um, that is definitely an example of a way or Voxer. Like I didn't really want to do
0: Voxer. No. But Remember then, your profile picture? Yes. I love was, that story. What was it? You oh. took a, like an ugly selfie of yourself. That's right. So I was like, just try this. I was like, I think you'll actually like it. And so as like, I I think you were trying to get in the rebel. It was a little middle
1: finger. You were like
0: trying to get back at me. I don't think I saw a middle finger, but you made your. No, no, it was. It was not an actual middle finger. It was a metaphorical middle finger. Yes. But yeah. So Megan made her profile picture in Voxer. This really like snarly selfie face that was like not cute. And then was like, (laughs) fine, I'll try it. But the funny thing was you liked Voxer pretty quickly. Like it was. It was a little bit of like, I don't get this, but then you were, you caught on and your profile picture, you tried to change it, but it was still showing up. So you were like, then, oh my God, I can't get rid of like the ugly And face. then all these people off my contact list were like <laughs> getting Megan on my box this
1: terrible picture. Oh my gosh. i forgot about that. That's funny. Um, okay. Well, yes, Voxer is a great example of something like that. Just basically, I think that when I don't always implement things that you're very intentional, I am always influenced by your intentionality. Hmm. Thank you in parenting and in the way like you have a lot of things where you've talked about, you know, the way that you keep in touch with friends and like the way that you like work that into your system and like your everyday, like life and your calendar. And it, I don't do everything that you say. Like, I don't, I'm not like, well, that's a great idea. I'm going to start doing that. But it always influences me to think about it that way more, which then the sum total of all those little tiny little touch points and ideas that I get is that at some point I implement something. Yes. And that's great. That's a positive thing, even yeah, it's if it's like, only it's one out of a hundred.
0: In the water, as they say. Like right. it's it's like atmospherically influenced you to at least be familiar with that way of thinking. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. I love that. Well, you influence me all the time. Um Ooh. because I need you in the same way that you need me. <laughs> right. Like I need yeah. like I in my life, I am also paired up with people who are spontaneous Mm -hmm. and fun and have more silliness and like more pleasure seeking, more novelty seeking. Like all those things have always been the people I've lined up with. Um, so I have a specific memory of when we first started working together more regularly. And I can even tell you, remember your black and white, like peplum dress. Yes. So it was that era, which I want to say is like 2013. Yeah somewhere Probably around there. Yep. So that would have been, I was having my third baby and I had two little tiny kids and I just remember, and we had started working together and I remember you just seemed really interested in fashion and home stuff. And, yeah. and the reason was you were in a different stage of life right. than me. <laughs> yeah. So I had no bandwidth in my brain for like what's new in fashion or hair right. or home decor or even food and cooking. Like I, I was just surviving, but I think that, um, you are naturally drawn to novelty and you're not afraid to try things just for fun. Like, oh, this looks really cool for no reason. Like just, it just does. And I want to try it, whether it's a new activity or a creative pursuit or like literally like a a dress or a um, and so I think I am positively influenced by that. Like not everything has to have a reason, like some things you oh, do right. just for fun, just cause. Yeah. just cause. And so that's like a really, and then now I am in the phase where I have more mental bandwidth for like to buy a new candle or to like, right. but I do think I still need people around me for the reminder that like novelty for novelty's sake is a, is a one option for, joy and pleasure. It's not right. like you don't want to have that, but you're like, you're your only like the only way you could be happy is to buy new right. stuff. But um, yeah. So I think that's one, one way. And then all, like a big one and more recent is I just love the way you talk about your town and we joke and we call it Mayberry. And I, but like your small town stories and the, not just that you live in a small town, but the way you have like built fabric mm. of connection and community in your small town has been hugely influential to me to the point that like I moved home in a pandemic and I feel so much more interested and connected to this city that you're in right now, which is not as small as St. Joe, but the pocket where I live is actually about the size of St. Joe. And then the larger city is just a much easier city to be local about. It has more locally owned businesses. It's not driven by chain stuff like the other places I've lived. So, um, that is another, like, that's like a bigger, like lifestyle, like a value system that I feel like I have been positively influenced from you just by hearing about the way you are in your community. I'm very inspired by that.
1: I love that. And that's something that I will also say was very difficult for me to pull off when I had really little kids. Um, and even though I've lived in St. Joe now 13 years, uh, it took me really until, you know, like five years ago was really when I started digging in because there was just a phase of my life when that didn't make sense or like, It just was hard just for listeners who are listening and going, I would, I would really like to know more people in my community, but it's really hard. It is really hard when you have little kids. It's really hard. And sometimes the places that you would meet people when you have little kids, I avoided those things. Like I didn't want to only hang out with other moms whose kids happened to be in the same class as mine. Like I actually kind of avoided that scene on purpose, which meant it was kind of lonely for a while and just didn't have, I definitely didn't have the breadth of um, connections I do now, it just took years of like getting out there in little ways and, and joining things that, were finding things that were fun for you. That's yes. what we were about to say. The yeah. just yeah. aligned like theater and stuff like that. Like those or on yoga, like things that like aligned with what I wanted to do anyway. And that slowly built those connections. Yeah. Um, but it would have been fine if I had gone the other route, I probably would have had more friends. I just, I kind of like very purposely and intentionally didn't do that. Yeah, And, and you, you had so, your,
0: yeah. you had your ride or dies to go back to yes, our friendship. Exactly. Like you, you, yeah. you were, and you had a bunch of kids, right? So, I didn't even have time <laughs> No, you really outside didn't. of that. Yeah. And you were working full time. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Well, I don't want to make the, I don't want to end on a bummer of a note, but I do want to talk because we touched on this idea earlier that like, we've talked a lot of, a lot about the positives, like the cute crap we've bought and the positive <laughs> ways we've influenced each other. But there is that dark side. And I just want to share a quick story because you mentioned my radical um, attachment parenting background. When militant, I militant, I believe you called them. Right. It, was radic- it was both radical and militant. Um, but I had like, you know, I stumbled on like, I think it was parents place back in the day that I don't believe exists. It was iVillage. I don't think either of those exist anymore. Um, and there were like forums. And I got into the forum for it was when Jacob was a baby. It was like his due date.
0: Mm -hmm. you know, those birth clubs.
1: Yep. So like I got in there and then I, there was a couple posts by people that just kind of spoke to me. Like they were just things where I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm co-sleeping and I'm doing this and this. And like, I was like, okay, so those things kind of align with what I'm doing. I'm interested. I want to read more about this person. And then I ended up getting like sucked into this like underbelly. And I will say I am still in a Facebook group with a lot of the same moms who I was hanging out with online 23 years ago. Amazing. Um, and it's really mellowed a lot. Like it's not like that at all anymore, but there were some strong personalities who really kind of took over and became like, it's, it was like the worst kind of internet mob mentality bullying. Like It was bad. It was really, really bad. But, um, one story stands out in my mind. And it's the saga of mango mama. So mango mama had like an early blog and it was not a, it was not on blog software that didn't really exist. She just had a site and every week or whatever, she would just add more text to the top. So like, it was just like you would scroll and scroll and scroll the same page forever. It was in comic sans font. I want to say, Oh my gosh, it was probably purple. I don't know. And so she lived with her like three or four homeschooled kids on a banana farm in Hawaii. And they did everything like the crunch the crunchiest you could get. Like, I think mm-hmm. she had a baby in the woods alone. <laughs> and like, maybe she had an animal chew off the umbilical cord. that I might've made that part up, but it was like free birth. Meaning yeah. like, not only is it not in a hospital, it's also no one's around like, like just thing after thing, after thing. And it was always like a one-up like, yeah. so I think I'm doing pretty good because I'm feeding my baby like organic mashed you know, peas this week what would mango mama do? Well, she probably chewed them up in her own mouth.
0: Right. And And you know, and
1: grew them and grew them herself. Yeah. It was like, you know, she always would top you. And then, and people followed her. Like she really had a, back in the day, it was early internet, but she had a huge following. And one day mango mama just disappeared. And then it was like, no one knew what had happened to her. And then her husband came looking for her. So it turned out she had disappeared into the jungle with a guy. Like she ran off with this guy And the husband's like, wait, what? And so he's like raising these kids. And it was just this mess. Finally, she came back like a year later and kind of just told the whole story about how she had like the pressure of being on that high of a pedestal had just gotten to her and she lost it and ran away with the dude. And I don't know what happened to her after that. I think everyone just felt like the bubble had just burst. And it was like we all saw what what we should have like that. We all kind of knew that this was not sustainable and not real and that. It was really unfair of all of us to expect that of her, but it was like this weird cycle where like that- it was a loop, like this loop that we couldn't get out of. And I think I don't feel susceptible to that kind of thing anymore because I'm not in that vulnerable stage of my life. Right. But every day I look around and see things happening where I think, I mean, there's, and I'm not going to name any names, but there are big influencers that have fallen out of favor recently. And I think the shock for people when they find out that things aren't as they seem. And it happens all the time. Celebrities are found out doing terrible things or whatever, or like there's just a fight online. Um, I just think I look back at that and I think like, it's just a good reminder to me to never put too much stock into what I see happening on the outside or to put anybody up on that kind of like, I can be influenced in small ways by people I think are pretty real people, mm-hmm. and that's great. But like, it's not fair to anybody to like give anyone that much influence over my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Just a no. Like it. It shows all the sides of humanity that are. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yes. And I the the current era we are living in. I I love that you started this episode by saying this isn't really new. Like influencer marketing or influencer being influenced is not new, but I do think we're living in a ramped up era where there's a lot of blurry lines over real and produced. Yes. Influence. Um, Yeah. And I also think because like you mentioned so many more people
1: have access to an audience that can grow quickly if you put the right stuff out there. And this, this is not rocket science. I know what we would have to do. We know this, to grow our audience times ten, times a hundred. It it the formula's out there. And I just don't think you and I want to do that. Right. And that's not the world we want to live in. But I can see why when you start to build that audience, it could become very intoxicating to yeah. be like, what do we have to do?
0: And also lonely. And lonely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um I guess if you're listening and you find, and you see yourself maybe being like, I don't know, obsessively drawn to like one person and their version of their life or something like that. I think often it it's just like a um like a stand in for like what we wish we had yeah. and it can like take on this this bigger than this larger than yeah. life role that it's normal. I yeah. don't th- I don't think there's anything abnormal about it. We all do it at right. certain points of our life but probably worth just like scaling back a little yeah. bit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we've influenced you all to think about your influences. I really want to know what people what ads people are getting and what they're buying from those ads. Yeah. So Let's continue the conversation, um, in our Facebook group and on Instagram. And you can always email us at hello at the mom and Megan, you're still here. Hey, here I am. Uh, we are going to record another episode. So when you hear
1: from us on Tuesday, we'll be right here. We'll be right here bed. in this yeah in this bed in Santa Barbara. So back to you then. The mom hour is supported by partners like Erica.